0: And welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 125, Star Trek, Picard, and Discoveries. Well, as all of you devoted Star Trek fans out there must no doubt know, CBS All Access over the last few years has aired some exciting new Star Trek series, beginning with uh, Star Trek Discovery, and then having a second season of Star Trek Discovery, and just this year in 2020, launching a new series, Star Trek Picard. Now, unfortunately, I was too busy over the last couple of years to watch any of those series but I made up for lost time just in the past few weeks. So I'm going to review all three of these new shows, actually two seasons of Discovery and one season of Picard. And I'm going to review them in the order in which I watch them, which would be Picard and then Star Trek Discovery the first season and Discovery... The second season. So I hope you enjoy these reviews. Let's begin with Picard. I wrote this review a couple of weeks ago after I just finished binging Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access. I thought it was the best Star Trek since Star Trek The Next Generation, which is where Jean Luc Picard was introduced. And unlike The Next Generation, which was episodic, the first season of Picard was serial. That is, it told the same story. It continued telling the same story throughout the whole season, developing the story further in each episode. And that's a big plus, in my book at least. Let's get to a relatively minor point to start with, In retrospect, just to get it out of the way about Star Trek Picard, I thought the weakest part of this new series was the beginning, or the first few episodes, which show a 90-plus-year-old retired Starfleet Admiral down on Earth. Now, that part of the story was good enough, it was enjoyable, but it's not until Picard literally takes off in a faster-than-light ship that the story really takes off, too. This series meshes with TNG and with the entire Star Trek corpus just beautifully. In addition to Picard, three of the major characters— from Star Trek The Next Generation play important and very satisfying roles. More minor characters also reprise roles and are equally effective. And at least one iconic major character from another Star Trek series makes some game-changing appearances in Picard. Now, let me say here that I'm not going to reveal any spoilers in this review of Picard. Neither will I reveal any spoilers in my review of Star Trek Discovery, the first season. I will, however, have some spoilers in my review of the second season of Discovery, but I will alert you to those before I say them. Back to Picard. It borrows well from two titans of off screen science fiction. Isaac Asimov, probably the most prolific author, period, in human history, is read in this future shown in Picard, read in paper books and Dr. Agnes Jurati, nicely played by Alison Pill, billed right after the non Parel Patrick Stewart, reminds me a lot of Susan Calvin, who figured prominently in Isaac Asimov's early robot stories. And there are a group of warrior nuns in the mix, who echo the Bene Gesserit in Frank Herbert's Dune series. The cinematography in Picard is splendid. It's reminiscent of Second Life. That's a compliment. You can look it up. That is look up Second Life if you don't know what that is. The battle scenes and the warp speeds are palpably portrayed. The Borg and the Romulans figure crucially in the narrative, and we're introduced to some new planets and people as well. Now, again, if you've noticed that I haven't said anything specific or much at all about the plot, you'd be right. I don't want to spoil some of the many surprises for you. But what I can tell you is that if you're a sentient being, you'll be moved to tears, and more than once, as well as laugh and be caught up in the combination of intellectual puzzle and sheer adventure that you'll find in this superb new series. Let's move on to Star Trek Discovery, the first uh, season of which was aired two years before Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access. And let me begin by saying one of my favorite lines in any movie or television show is Jake Hausman, played by the inimitable Jerry Orbach lamely apologizing to Johnny in Dirty Dancing. Hausman says, When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Now the reason why I'm mentioning that is, that's exactly what I have to say about not watching Star Trek Discovery until the past week. I just wasn't in the mood for another Star Trek series... I don't like paying for, or even just watching, yet another streaming service. But I was wrong. So I'm saying I was wrong. Anyway, I saw Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access and just loved it, as I mentioned to you a few minutes ago. but. Of course, I was already very well acquainted with the central character, so how could I not resist viewing his further adventures and tribulations? Most of the characters in Star Trek Discovery are new. The series takes place about 10 years prior to Star Trek, the original series that was broadcast back in the 1960s, of course, and I wasn't eager to meet yet another whole new group of people in this saga. But I did enjoy the new characters in Picard, and I figured, okay, it can't hurt to watch at least the first few episodes of Star Trek Discovery. I wound up watching the whole first season of 15 episodes in three days, and as soon as I finished writing the review that I'm now speaking to you, I'm going to start watching the second season of. Discovery. Now, in case you haven't yet seen Discovery, again, I'm going to avoid specific spoilers. I can tell you that time loops, alternate universes, Klingons, new modes of faster than light travel, and characters with all kinds of surprising true identities figure in this first season. One of the major characters from the original series plays a major role in Discovery and at least one minor but memorable character also pops up. If you think about it, a narrative that takes place just a decade prior to the original Star Trek series has an enormous burden to get it just right. The It being a story that is captivating and satisfying in its own right while both setting up and not disrupting or contradicting what we know is coming next. What we know, and in the case of me and many other people, have loved and treasured now for some 50 years. I'd say discovery by and large succeeds in this, admirably, Now, there is some distracting burlesquing and caricature, especially in a few of the Klingon scenes, but this is balanced by a winning subtlety, as when we get confirmation of the time in which the story takes place with a list that's called up of the greatest Starfleet captains, and the list ends with Christopher Pike. The science is by and large okay, though I caught a gaffe from one of the new major characters, who reminisces that, quote, I was in a wonderful cafe on Alpha Centauri. Well, Alpha Centauri is a star, not a planet. But speaking of the new major characters, they all were excellent and more than enough to make me want to see what happens to those who survive. And I'll tell you what I think of their story when I post my review here of the second season of Discovery, likely within the coming week. Well, that was my written review. But you're going to hear me talk about the second season of Discovery right now. Now, as I've already mentioned, I tried in my reviews of Star Trek Picard and the first season of Discovery to keep them free of specific spoilers. But it's just not possible to review the Tour de Force that is the second season of Discovery without some spoilers, so expect plenty of them in what follows. First and foremost, as what was hinted at promised at the end of Discovery 1, the emergence of Spock and his self-transformation from a troubled young man Vulcan to the Spock we came to know, blue Starfleet uniform and all, was one of the most gratifying themes of Discovery 2. And there's a great callback in If Memory Serves, that's episode 2.8, or the eighth episode of Discovery 2. There's a great callback there to the two-part original series, the toss episode, The Menagerie, which incorporates, of course, The Unseen, The Cage, in which Spock violates Starfleet quarantine, unfortunately in all two apt word in our current real world. But Spock violates the Starfleet quarantine to help his former captain, Christopher Pike, reunite with the love of his life on Talos. That's the quarantine system. Now, Spock's defiance of Starfleet for a greater good was a rare occasion in the original series, but in Discovery 2 we see that this is a fundamental part of Spock's nature, which as a younger person is much closer to the surface. Meanwhile, if memory serves, shows some actual clips from the menagerie, meaning the cage, actually Figured literally now, in two Star Trek episodes more than 50 years apart. I think that's really cool. And it was also great to see Melissa George as Vina, originally played by Susan Oliver, and Anson Mount as Pike, originally played, well, by two actors: Sean Kenny and Jeffrey Hunter. Pike, who in a later episode in Discovery 2, also sees his future in a wheelchair, courtesy of a time crystal in a Klingon monastery. Now, about Mount, last time I saw him was in the lead role in Hell on Wheels, where he was outstanding, if anything. Matt was even better as Pike in Discovery, with the result that Pike has now become, at least in my opinion, one of the most memorable captains in all of Star Trek. I'd say second only to Kirk and Picard. And that's after just one season. It's not clear, by the way, how much more we'll be seeing of Pike since Discovery 2 ends with Pike on the Enterprise with Spock right next to him, beard-shaven, Pike science officer. On the way, in some near-future date, back to Talos and the story in the Menagerie. The Star Trek Discovery series is, of course, about the ship Discovery, which is last seen hurtling into the future, following Burnham, the Red Angels' lead, with Saru in the captain's seat. And time travel, indeed, plays as important a role in Discovery 2, which, as listeners to this podcast will know, makes me very happy, since I'm a fan and a writer of both kinds of travel stories, time travel and space travel. Spock even mentions the grandfather paradox, which, by the way, could also be the grandmother or parent or any recent or remote ancestor paradox. But Spock notes that future Burnham has no choice but to save her younger self. That's indeed relevant to the grandfather paradox. By the way, Spock did miss the point that any member of the crew could also have saved the younger Burnham. But that's okay. There's also a nice sprinkle of humor. In another episode in which Tilly mentions time bend, Pike replies, time bend. I I like that. And Tilly comes back with, quote, everything sounds cooler when you put time in front of it, unquote. I completely agree. There's also some unintentional humor afoot or on-board discovery. The ba'ul, the predator species on Saru's world, is pronounced by most of the crew, including Saru, who should know just the way it's spelled. B-A apostrophe U-L ba'ul. But at least one crew member refers to the species as the ba'ul, And I'm pretty sure I heard another member of the crew call them the bowl. On the plus side, though, it was good to see Pike have some of the subtle mannerisms of Kirk, including the way Pike stands when he's at the helm and delivers the truth to difficult-pronounced species, or species with difficult-to-pronounce names, like the ba'ul. But Discovery 2 evokes a wide range of emotions, including tears, sense of wonder, edge of your seat, excitement, and a deep satisfaction in following a story not only very well done, but fitting in beautifully with not only the past Star Trek corpus, but ongoing new series such as Picard, which addresses the same AIs wanting to destroy all organic sentient life as Discovery 2 confronted in the epic space battles at the end of its season. Well, you can count on me to be back with more with another podcast and another written review after I see Season 3 of Discovery and season two of Picard whenever they air on CBS All Access. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed those reviews. You can uh, read the written reviews. Just go L I G H T O N L I G H T T H R O U G H dot com, where you'll find. In the show notes to this episode, links to the written reviews of those three wonderful seasons, just one season of Picard, two of Discovery, that I spoke to you about in this podcast. So I hope you're all staying safe and sound. This is my second podcast this month. I'm going to be doing more podcasts more frequently, taking advantage of staying home during this pandemic. Hope you're all safe and well, and I'll see you back here soon. Take care. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at ThePlotToSaveSocrates.com. Paul Levinson's Silk Code, about an ancient biotech war raiding on in secret for centuries.